0: Right. That would be good if you're praising me, but try again, just for those of you who are a little slow. When we say praise the Lord, we're expecting you to praise the Lord. Yeah. All right, well, praise the Lord. Good morning. Those of you who don't know me, I'm Pastor Stephen Furr. We want to welcome our folks that's online. Uh, I, said to, I told my son I was going to do this last night, and uh, so for my son who should be here, who didn't come, who promised me to come, but he's out there. Hello, good to see you. Oh. I put him on blast, didn't I? We're, we're excited to be here. God is good, man. God is good. Everybody jump on your feet real, good, real fast. Stand up, stand up, stand up. Don't go across the aisle because I take up too much time and there's a lot of you. Turn to somebody to your right and left or behind you. Whoa. And give them a big old hug, shake their hand, tell them you love them. Amen. Welcome to Garfield. We are widening the circle in Jesus' name. Go and love somebody. All right, we good? Praise the Lord. All right, all right, all right. Man, I'm getting the feedback, gentlemen. Ooh. All right, all right, all right. All right, so we're going to be talking today about growing in Christ and growing up in Christ. And I want to turn your attention back to the text. Uh, And so my last session, I ran out of time, so I'm going to try to just jump right in. And Pastor Lori's laughing at me because we ran out of time. And uh, because we have some good stuff for you today. Our text reads like this, and Christ gave some apostles and prophets, evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And I'm going to read King James Version because that's what I put in my notes. For the perfecting of the saints. It means to equip the, the people of God. The perfecting of the saints for the work of ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. The word perfect doesn't mean flawless there, it means mature, fully grown. To a fully grown, mature person unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that henceforth we will be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, we may grow up into him in all things, which is the head even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body to the edifying itself in love. So we're going to talk about spiritual growth. Okay, now, to the religious mind, uh, spiritual growth only means growing in knowledge. If a person is religious in their construct and their understanding of what it means to be a Christian Christian, the ideal of spiritual growth is, is, is really not I- existent. You just grow up in knowledge. So the more stuff you know, the more mature you think you are. You know anybody like that? Because they think they know Bible. They know a lot of Bible scriptures. They think they're a mature Christian because they know a lot of Bible. Okay. Earth to you, the Bible is a book, and you can memorize passages of a book, and that doesn't mean you grew closer to Christ. That just means you know the book. All right. You have to know the God of the book not just the book. And so for a religious mindset, growing in Christ is is more knowledge-based. But in the context of what Christ presented for us in his gospel, when he talked to Nicodemus, he said, Nicodemus, you must be what? Born. You must be born again, right? And in St. John chapter one, we read that those uh, who received him, he gave them the power to become the sons of God, even those who believed on his name, who were born. There's the word born again. Uh, So so there's spiritual birth. And and from this point, we follow the natural life cycle, right? Uh, We are born, right? Then we we grow physically. We mature, hopefully. (laughs) And then we die. We grow, we're born, we grow physically, and we mature. So I'm really dealing with spiritual maturity, uh, not just uh, growth. Now, in the natural realm, we understand maturity is a choice, Have you ever met someone who refused to grow up? Do you know you have Christians who refuse to grow up? Amen. They're just babies forever. And and that can really, when you understand it, that can resolve a lot of conflict in the body of Christ. Because when you understand that there are people who are Christians, because they're saved, as I I say, they say because God saved them, but they never grew up in Christ. And so they are Christians, and we love them, and we forbear with one another, but they haven't grown up in Christ. Listen, the issues that face us today require spiritual maturity to deal with. You have to grow up in Christ. It's not all about you. You know, I come from a Pentecost holiness background. I love that. I'm going to always love that. I still serve in the grand old church of God in Christ. Woo! Praise the Lord. (laughs) Amen. Amen. I, I, I told Chip, I said, sooner or later, I don't know when it's going to happen, because, you know, I'm Pentecostal, those things come on you without, without, you know, I might just go humming and hollering, let the church say yes, <laughs> yeah, you know, like that, and I'm going I'm to call Leah up here, she's going to hook me up, and we're going to go in, right? And y'all going to be like, what just happened? <laughs> so, Terry is going to be saying, praise God, Pat, Stephen, we have the service at 11. Wait, wait. But, uh... But, but you know, but when I was young in Christ, a young Christian, I just feel like the only people going to be in heaven is Pentecostal holiness folk. Because that's just childish, isn't it? You think the only people going to heaven are people who shout, act like you. You know, I had the opportunity to, to, to serve in a lot of different churches. When I was out in Tulsa, I think it was a church ahead of its time. Uh, we had everybody in that church. We had Pentecostals, we had Baptists, we had Baptocostals. <laughs> Baptocostals. Yeah, we, we had we had God's frozen chosen, we had the Presbyterians. They, you know I mean? When they worship they don't move. <laughs> the steeler they are, the more God's moving. They just go kind of tonic. <laughs> yeah. But they're worshiping, leave them alone. They'll leave them alone. Yeah. We had everybody and then we had you know we had hippies, hippies, gippies and slippies, we had all that out there. We we're praising God one day and I'm just going in, you know, I'm pumping, I'm fist-pumping at God, like pumping God up. Woo woo woo-woo. You know, mother, brothers turning red. Then we had this fella that was just like, "Oh God, like God, like man, like God, like I'm here," and God, like you're there, and like I'm, like we're right here. And I'm like, "Dude, what are you doing?" But listen, he he loves the Lord. The Lord's touched his life, and see, and he's praising God his way. You see, so but it takes spiritual maturity to accept the reality that there are differences in the body of Christ, and those are okay. And if God can receive it, we have to grow up and receive one another. Is that fair? Amen. We, we have to grow up. Uh, I had something to wipe with. Okay. Anyway, and, and so, so the, the issues we face require spiritual maturity. So what I want to do today is I, I want to give you a definition of what spiritual maturity actually is from the scripture. Uh, and we're going to talk about kind of what it looks like. Like when you become more like Christ and then you don't start walking on water and speaking in King James, you know, you can still be yourself. And and finally, I want to spend the bulk of my time on growing on purpose. Uh, Because remember, maturity is not automatic. Maturity is you have to receive that lesson. You know, you have to receive that lesson. And and really, I believe a lot of the outcomes that we're we're seeking to get, even in how we carry ourselves, is found in maturity. All right, so let's get a definition of spiritual maturity. Uh, Spiritual maturity or spiritual growth is the process by which we become like Christ, in our attitude, behavior, and our choices. As we grow in Christ, we behave more like Christ than we do our own earthly selves and designations. Now, we do have an earthly self and earthly designations, which are fine, I mean, you know, if you haven't noticed, I'm a black guy, you know, African-American, and all the history that comes along with African-Americans in these United States and in the world. Okay, that's cool, that's all right. It's not like I had a choice. It's cool, but that's the way it is. But as we grow in Christ, we become more like Christ and and less about it becomes less about uh, my designation or earthly ethnicity or whatever. You see? And so um, one of the things I think we have to learn in the body of Christ is that when we come to worship the Lord, you know, I don't come to push my my, my agenda, you know, my blackness agenda. Uh, certainly there's a lot of issues out there that face people of of, of my color that, that need to be addressed. And and, uh, we address those things the best we can. But when we come to worship, what do we come to do? Worship. See, it's about Jesus. Our unity is not found that we can sit down and come to agreement about how each person should feel about where they come from. That'll never happen. People, you just can't. That's a bridge too far. But our unity is that we are all saved by the same Lord. You get it? We, the, Paul puts it this way we've been all made to drink into the same spirit this is in First Corinthians chapter 12 I love that he says you know uh, we are all we're many members but what one body we've all been made to drink into the same spirit so like when you receive Christ we all got the same cup no I don't like them cups okay well, you, you, this is the only one we have Yeah, who else drank from the cup it's my cup take my cup See, he, God was kind of gangster like that. You've been made to drink into one spirit. Like he'll make you lie down in green pasture. You're going to lie down. You get it? And so thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. Isn't she lovely? Isn't she lovely? Isn't she wonderful? Okay. See, I got, made me lose my thought. Okay. Amen. And, and, and so, the, so the reality is uh, we grow in Christ and we mature in Christ and as we grow in him, we lose our, our what? Our earthly designations. And we are more, Christ flows through. It may th- flow through an African-American heritage. It may flow through a different type of package, but it's the same Christ. You, you know, what's really cool about worshiping with other believers is you begin to get that same sense of the presence of God wherever they're truly worshiping God. You get, you get, you get the same thing. It, it doesn't come across the same way. Like when I was down in Tulsa, you know, that was a different culture. Like when they prophesy, you, you appreciate this, brother. When they prophesy, you know, when you prophesy or speak words of, of edification to people, you use the type of language that makes sense to the people you're talking to. Like up here, they say, you know, bless God, I sense the Holy Spirit telling you to be strong and in great courage, and, and the Lord will see you through and like that. Well, I'm down here in Tulsa, and this lady starts talking about this horse. Now the people were getting it. They were like, yeah, you're going to be God's battle war horse. I like, horse, you're going to rear up on your hind, on your hind, and you're going to snort in your gust." Snort. <laughs> snort. What, are you, what are you trying to say? <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. But she goes on and but at the end of the day, when she finally got to it, and you're going to charge to the battle and be victorious in Jesus. Ah, there we go. We're there. That's a, wonder, that's a wonderful thing. Because regardless of how it's expressed or whatever culture it's expressed through or mindset it's expressed through, it is Christ. So growing in Christ is the process by which we become like Christ in our attitude, our actions, our behavior, and our choices. As we grow in Christ, we behave more like him than we do our earthly selves and designations. The unity of the church is that we're all growing into the same image, which is ultimately gives us the grace to get along. Say amen. Oh boy, you guys are good today. So what does spiritual maturity look like? Mark well, kind of touched on it. Spiritual maturity looks like this. The characteristics of Christ that, that we are most familiar with uh, really is grace and truth. Everybody say grace. grace. Truth. truth. Now I'm going to get to the love thing in a second, but I want to show you something. When John uh, prophesied about Jesus in St. John chapter 1, he says he came and he was full of grace and truth. When you become more like Christ, you become more grace-giving. You know? This is how you know you, you, you're growing up in knowledge instead of Christ. In knowledge, the, the more knowledge you get, the puff, more puffed up you get. You become suchy-muchy. You ever meet your the suchy-muchies? They were in the Bible. They are called the Pharisees, and they were sad, you see. Y'all slow. Y'all slow. Y'all need... Pharisees, the sad, you see. So they're suchy-muchies, and the more Bible they know the more snooty they get, the more elitist they get, and they begin to kind of walk around like, you know, you have to come to me to understand the text. If you don't come to me, Pastor Stephen Randall, Dr. whatever, Jesus was a carpenter preaching to fishermen. And they got the mysteries of the kingdom. Here you come with your such and muchy self. We don't know what you're talking about half the time when you're preaching. You're such-a-muchy. So, no. But see, but this is how you know you're growing in the Lord is that you begin to be able, it draws you to people. The knowledge, knowledge makes you elitist, but the love of God and the grace of God makes it possible, empowers you to see Yourself in people. And you know what I like to say? People are just about as brilliant and about as trifling as you. Y'all slow today. Y'all have to catch up. We have to catch up. People are brilliant and trifling. All of us have this wonderful brilliant part that's growing in Christ and everybody got stuff we just rather sweep under the rug and don't want nobody to see like your navel. I don't want to see that. Ain't no pretty navels. You may be pretty in the face, but you're ugly in the navel. So we don't even see that. So, so there's a part of us that we have to cover up. We to, some of us need layers to cover that thing The grace of God, man. You begin to grow in the grace of God, and it draws you to people. It makes you compassionate. It makes you understand the people behind the issue, the people behind the, 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 the designation. The, there's a person under all of that. And the grace of God leads you and begins to be exhibited through your life. We call them the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, faith. Right? And then truth. We begin to walk in truth. See, without truth, there can't be growth because when we get to how to grow intentionally, segue, when we get to how we grow, we speak the truth in love. But without truth, there can be no growth. Now, the problem we have with that in our culture is that we <clears throat> define truth. Like, you got my truth. You got your truth. As if there's no objective truth. Well, there is an objective truth. Because really, my truth is just my opinion. Right. Which is fine. You, you can have it. I mean, you can call the moon blue cheese if you want it, but it ain't, man. <laughs> you call it whatever you want to call it. Jesus. You know. But it's the truth, you see. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So as we begin to become more like Christ... Grace and we become those who are willing to speak truth even when the truth makes us uncomfortable. Truth will always make you uncomfortable. You know why? Because it's true. (laughs) Yeah. See, in, in, in New Testament thought, truth, watch this, truth is light. Truth is light. Okay? So when the truth comes, light comes, and when the light comes, light don't lie. The light doesn't come to judge anybody. The light just shows what's there. Yes. Like, would you get mad? I just said it. Don't, don't, don't shoot the messenger. That's right. Amen. So we, we become people who are what? Truth seekers and truth speakers because w- without truth, we can't grow. I'll stay. See, the, tr- the, truth, the truth is we are more alike than different. That's, right. That's the truth. Now, you would look for that. Some people would look for that 3% of difference. And make that the point, that's kind of silly. But the truth is, I ain't better than nobody. Right. Yeah, I said, ain't. I ain't better than nobody. <laughs> and I'm not worse than anybody either. Come on. Come on, Pastor. Amen. Like, like, let me show you how God roll. Watch this, show you how gangster God is. <laughs> God said, all have sinned and come short of the glory, of God. Every one of y'all. Right. Every one of y'all. But, no, every one of y'all. But, no, no, every one of y'all. Your right, our righteousness is filthy to God. Not, not, no, no, not our, this is not a word, not our wrongedness, but our righteousness is dirty to God. So God, like, everybody's in the same boat. You may be at the front of the boat, back of the boat, middle of the boat, lower deck, big old cruise ship, sin boat. Big old sin boat, cruise ship, sin boat. Some people in the jacuzzi of sin, some, some, some people playing shuffleboard in sin, somebody shooting <laughs> hoops in sin, but we're all in sin. Right. And Christ came to die for our sins, so that's how God sees it. How about we see it the way God sees it, and let's just settle the issue. Everybody is tore up from the floor up, everybody is messed up, everybody is in need of the grace of God, everybody is in need 100% of everything Jesus can give them. That's right. That's right. So we don't have to keep on. I don't need to be transparent, you already know I'm a sinner. Right. You already know I'm jacked up. So what do I need to tell you more detail on that for? And What you look at me like that for? You're jacked up too. <laughs> you ain't going to worry me today. I got another sermon to do later. So, so from God's perspective, he sees us all the same. So when we become like Christ, those characteristics, we become people who seek truth and you shall know the truth. Now, so how do we grow intentionally is what I want to get to. How do we grow on purpose? Well, well it, so if truth, watch this, truth in love, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things. How do we do it intentionally? That means we have to find the truth. Amen? We have to find the truth because without the truth, there can be no growth. Remember, truth is life. Here's a picture I want to paint for you real quick. Let's see if I can do it in one minute. Here's, here's the picture I want to paint for you. Look at, the, look at love as the soil, because the Bible says we are rooted and grounded in love. That's soil, get it? Look at the word of God, the truth of God. The words of God as seed. So you plant seed, where? Soil. And what does the seed need to grow? Light and water. That light, that water is truth. So we grow by being planted in love and receiving the light. Receive the light. Without truth, there's no light. Seed is great, soil is great. There's no truth. If there's no truth, we can't grow. Does that make sense to you? So that's how we grow. We do it on, we do it on purpose. But how do we find truth? Now Jesus says this in his teaching. He said, Of course, I am the way, the truth, light, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. But in in St. John 8 and 31, he's speaking to those who have believed. And he says to the Jews who have believed, If you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall what? Know the truth. And the truth shall do what? Set you free. So the way to come to truth is to continue in the words of Jesus. So you can't grow any deeper than your actual knowledge of Jesus and what Jesus actually taught. Now it's about to get a little dicey. I have nine minutes left to mess around with this. See, Sister Lori, I set it up better this time. I got more time. Now, here's the challenge for us today. If those of us who are believers are only saying about Jesus what the people who are not believers are saying about Jesus, without studying Jesus for ourselves, then we're really not going to grow. Because you're just saying stuff, and we have a real kind of shallow knowledge of Jesus. I didn't say what, not a believer don't look at me in that tone of voice. I said, You're saved and love of the Lord, but we have to, we have to challenge ourselves on how much of Jesus' teaching we really got. Here's the big bomb. You've heard the saying, God is love. If you heard that, raise your hand. Question. This is a trick question. Did Jesus ever say God is love? Not one time. It doesn't mean it's not true. It's true. John said it in 1 John. But it's true, but this is my point. We're talking about Jesus. So what did, what's the concept that Jesus gave us about love? Don't answer, just think. It's completely different than what we mean when we say God is love. When Jesus talks about love, it's completely different. So how can I grow in Christ if I really don't know what Christ actually taught about stuff that's important enough? So what we do, we attribute that to whatever we want to attribute it to and let it go however we want to go. And we never learn what Jesus actually said about love. Like he says some stuff like this. This is gangster. If you love me, keep my commandments. Why are you looking at me like that? He did say that. It's in the Bible. (laughs) Jesus said, if you love me, keep, he who loves me, he said it again, he who loves me keeps, cherishes my words, hides my words. See? So his concept of love is completely different than what we're saying. It's not that what we're saying is wrong. It's that what we're saying is woefully incomplete. So we can't grow into the nature of the fullness of character of Christ if we don't get what Jesus actually said. So it comes back down to authentic discipleship, not a fan, but a real disciple, right? Y'all good? Y'all looking at me funny. I can't see you, but I can feel you. Y'all good? (laughs) This is challenging stuff, man. This is challenging. Should we go John 3.16? Let's do it, Lori. See me? So let's have some fun. I've got five minutes and I'm out. And this is just trying to help us see where we need to go. This is not to stump anybody. Listen, the Lord had to do this to me before he did it to you. Okay, so don't be looking at me all like that. But watch this. John 3.16. How many of you know John 3.16? One, two, three, go. For God. Come on with it. That whosoever. And 17 says. Oh, that didn't that didn't that didn't end the chapter somebody got it but that didn't end the chapter that was not the end of the story it didn't just end there but if I built my whole belief system on 16 and never listen what Jesus said in 17 18 19 I walk away with a childlike understanding of God and his plan for us. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And 18 says, and so on. So the challenge is back to the words of Christ. Back to discipleship. What did Jesus actually say? And don't be depending on us to tell you. Get it for yourself. Read it for yourself. And you discover wonderful things about what Jesus said. And as I continue in the word, which means implies that I apply it to my life, then I begin to grow. I begin to get it. You know what? You know what's deep? Spotting off biblical truth is not deep. Deep is when you live it. That's deep. When you, when you embody that grace and the Holy Spirit intentionally says, okay, like I call growing intentionally is accepting the cross. You know, like how many of you guys got crosses around your neck? Nice decorative crosses, cute, beautiful crosses. You know, back in Jesus' day, they think you are a nut. Who's walking around using a death symbol as a fashion statement? It's like you walk around with an electric chair like, hey, what? You look crazy. Man, nobody wear no cross. I mean, that was the worst kind of death. The most humiliating death you ever could die is on a cross. But Jesus has the nerve to say in his teaching, "Unless a man deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. He can't walk with me. So he, I mean, you get into those deeper dimensions of walking with God, he's giving you a cross. And sometimes the cross is maturity. It's when he tells you, you know, you really need to go to the conversations in ethnic diversity uh, you need to go you really need you need to have those conversations you really it's uncomfortable I know that's why I'm sending you see uh, y'all quiet I might need Mm Leah and God said "Uh you you need to go So, 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 the Lord, so the Lord starts pushing you in situations where you learn the other side of this and you get off that milk and you start eating meat and strong meat belongs to those who are full age, who, who by use have their senses discerned to know good from evil. And God starts slapping some meat on the plate, man, and say, eat, take, eat ye all of it like God no I'm going to be comfortable I just want to lay back in the the jet streams of your jacuzzi and just go to glory he said no that ain't that ain't you ain't following me you got the wrong Jesus man you got me stuck you got the wrong Jesus Jesus was a rough customer man he came like a lion he came like a lamb but he coming back like a lion he ain't playing the next Jesus you see gonna be kicking some tail and taking names next Jesus y'all see Y'all need to read your Bible. See, there you go. See, you're not, you not decided. Read your Bible. When well, He comes with ten thousand of His saints, he, he, ain't, he ain't patting nobody on the head. He ain't patting no sheep. He's kicking the devil's wow. tail. The, the, all of the kingdoms of the world are under His feet. He's conquering King. He came like a savior. He coming like a conquering King. Wow. That's why some of y'all don't serve Him because y'all think He's soft. Wow. Jesus will make a man out of you. Right. Yes, He will. All oh, woman. He will. So he says, here's my, here's my cross, I want you to bear it. he puts put you in those situations, like when you read the rest of the Bible, like, 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 like Paul says this, this is cool. He says, uh, tribulation works patience. And patience experience and exploring his hope. Well, Lord, well, if I ask you, who would like to have a good teaching on patience? Oh, yes, Pastor Fur. <laughs> well, here's the truth. Uh, hard stuff brings patience. So don't run from the hard stuff. Some of you being called to the hard stuff. You got to grow on purpose. You know, so, so, some, sometimes you got to get your, light turn, your lights turned off before you learn how to pay your bills. You, you don't need nobody to help you. Don't nobody, don't nobody need to pay that bill for you. Amen. Instead of you getting regular tennis shoes, you pay $250 for your tennis shoes. So what I counsel thee to do when you had a $150 light bill is to buy some $50 tennis shoes and use the rest for your light bill. And the only way you can learn that is them lights got to go out. I grew up under a man's man. My dad said one time my, my brother's lights had got turned off, and I was all, hey dad, his lights are turned off. He said, Boy, that's only a problem half the time. <laughs> y'all, y'all, y'all slow. Y'all slow. My daddy told him he's gonna be asleep anyway. When he sleep, it's gonna be dark. No, right, why, why did, my, my daddy was that kind of man, man. Don't go to jail. He wanna know why you're in jail. I'm in jail. Why? Didn't pay no tickets. Well, well, you ain't got no, you're going to be there. How long am I going to be there? Until they let you go. You ain't using my money. You don't get to use your money, my money, when your money run out. That ain't being hard. That's being real. Keep it real. You're going to play until you put in a position not to play no more. And so the Lord calls us to this wonderful thing called authentic discipleship. And when we continue in that word and we receive the cross intentionally, you're going to be challenged. You're going to be challenged to grow in the grace of God. If the calling is divine, the assignments are non-negotiable. You don't get to pick your assignment. Lord, I really want to be everything you want me to be. I want to be just like Jesus. Hmm? Well, he was despised and rejected of men. He went to his own. His own received him not. But the people who received him, he gave those folks power. But he's a man of grief, acquainted with sorrow. So you come to this walk, this place in your walk with God, where you get past all the nice stuff and the cute stuff, and you really find out what it takes to have the grace of God worked into you like working dough. Anybody ever work dough? You need that dough. There ain't nothing cute about needing no dough. You ever had to slap the air out the dough? You got a big old, and there's too much air in it. You know sometimes you got to know <articulated> <sp Vanc> <Right. laughs> <laughs> See, the only way to be useful, you have got to God, you gotta let God work that out. Some things come out of us, it has to be worked out. It has to be worked out in time. It's worked out. Now, when you come back, you come out like pure gold, but, but he, you got to work it out. When sometimes God puts you in the, in the furnace, and it ain't, it ain't, it's hot now. You're going to come out a cake, but you went in like a... a You went in like batter, you came out of cake. Is that all right? So my encouragement, my encouragement for us today is to to accept the cross, accept the call to maturity and let God do in your life what he really wants to do in your life. Because the only way we resolve these issues that we have, these issues of division in the body of Christ is we have to grow up and become Christ-like. And we can't get there only knowing 16 and not knowing 17, 18, 19, 20 got to get the rest of it. Say this with me. The best of it is the rest of it. So what we got is good, but receive the rest of it. Let us grow into the love and the character and the nature of Christ that we can do the work of ministry, that we can help people see Christ, that we can really reflect what the kingdom is really all about. It's not about people who are all the same. It's about the people who serve and are being matured into the same image, which is Christ. Father, we thank you for your word today. We pray that those of us who are being offered the cross would receive it, would take on the challenge to be uncomfortable, would receive the call to the greater, the call to the more, Help us to grow up in you. Help us to be like you, that you may be glorified and Satan may be terrified that the church of Jesus Christ is flowing and growing and moving. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give Pastor another round of applause.